I note the obvious differences in the human family. Some of us are serious. Some thrive on comedy. Some declare their lives are lived as true profundity. And others claim they really live the real reality. The variety of our skin tones can confuse, bemuse, delight. Brown and pink and beige and purple, tan and blue and white. I've sailed upon the seven seas and stopped in every land. I've seen the wonders of the world, not yet one common man. I know 10,000 women called Jane and Mary Jane. I've not seen any two who really were the same. Mirror twins are different, although their features jibe, and lovers think quite different thoughts while lying side by side. We love and lose in China. We weep on England's moors and laugh and moan in Guinea and thrive on Spanish shores. We seek success in Finland, are born and die in Maine. In minor ways we differ, in major we're the same. I note the obvious differences between each sort and type, but we are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. Well, I want to say good morning to everybody in this room and people that are joining us across all of our campuses and tuning in online. Uh, this is such an important message, conversation. Uh, we live in a day where uh, fragmentation and polarization and anger seem to mar our country, uh, turn on a television set, uh, tune into social media, and followers of Jesus wonder how are we to respond to this? Uh, we're studying these days this book, 1 Corinthians, and one of the great chapters in it is all about love. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm just a clanging gong or a sounding cymbal. And we're going to talk about being agents of reconciling love in this service, and we're going to learn from somebody, and it's really important that you all know who it is that we're learning from. So let me say a few words about him. Dr. John Perkins was born in Mississippi in the 1930s uh, in great poverty, in great injustice, uh, in a family of sharecroppers. His mom died essentially of starvation when he was seven months old. His dad abandoned the family. His brother was shot because of his race. Dr. Perkins for financial reasons, had to drop out of school when he was in the third grade. And he knows what it is to have suffered uh, in unbelievable ways because of racial injustice. In 1957, his son Spencer uh, invited him to go to church. And he did. And there he met Jesus Christ. And he went on to become a Christian minister, a, a civil rights activist who marched with Dr. Martin Luther King, he is the founder and president emeritus of the John and Vera Mae Perkins Foundation. His wife, who's also known as Grandma Perkins, began a child care program that was one of the first to be a part of uh, Head Start. When one of our kids turned 13, my wife Nancy took them and a group from our church 
to spend a week in Mississippi and to learn from Dr. Perkins and came home and talked about there was a young man getting released from prison and Dr. Perkins said, you know, we all got to help this guy, so we're going to pass the hat because he'll have to start his life and all they'll do is give him $40. And the number of people that he has helped person by person, the difference that he has made moment by moment is quite staggering. Uh, this man who dropped out in the third grade went on to write 12 books and uh, he has received 14 honorary degrees. He has centers of study and leadership founded in his name at colleges and universities across the country. He has been used by God to speak to the conscience of our nation and the church and our world. And this is a moment when there is a great need for followers of Jesus, for the church to speak with moral clarity about racial injustice and human division and exclusion and the power of hatred and the call for Jesus that his followers would not just have successful careers or comfortable lives, but be his agents on earth has never been more important than it is right now. So this is our chance as a church to recognize, thank, honor, and learn from somebody who has suffered and loved and persevered and at the age of 88 years old is a warrior for Jesus with a joyful spirit. Would you now welcome and honor Dr. John Perkins? God bless you, brother. So, Dr. Perkins, we are just thrilled to be here and for you all to listen to his words, but also just catch this man's spirit will be such a gift to you. Uh, is there anything before we get started with some questions that you'd just like to say generally in this moment? Yeah. You know, deep joy is a anticipation, expectation and seeing some of the reality of that expectation. Mm. And well, for over 58 years, I've wanted to see what I'm seeing now. Mm. I, want, I wanted to see this intentionality that we'd be one, mm. that we would break down these so-called racial, culture barriers, even economic barriers, so that we could be one, so that the world could know that we were Christian because of our love for each other, that we could really begin to live out uh, this pyramid of friendship, knowing what each other's doing, not asking these stupid questions like, does life matter? That sound like that should come out of an insane asylum. <laughs> Does life matter? That's all it is. I have come that you might have life. Last night, uh, we turned this place into a homeless shelter. The homeless people was here. They didn't go to the rescue mission. We brought the rescue mission here. <laughs> at Menlo Park Presbyterian Church. 
I think, I think, I think we're listening. Hmm. In this past service, just we had, uh, I, I felt like we were just sort of twos up here. Mm-hmm. I felt like that uh, we were sort of caught along with your expectation that we can do this together. We can take some responsibility. We don't have to be nihilistic, talk us out of, tell us all about the problems, and tell us that they're too big to deal with, and then break them up in little pieces, and fail in those pieces. Break it up, breaking justice up in 90 pieces. There is one justice, that's biblical justice, that's God justice. It ought to be God's justice because he loved us. He kissed us in the existence. He, over that clay he molded, he kissed life into this humanity. This one life, this one life. And we all run around practicing genocide. White folks are killing white folks in theaters and churches and mourning down. And black folks are walk, walking in front of them with handguns in Chicago and our city, blowing each other down. That's genocide. But I see the church is doing it. I see the church is trying to find ways to work together in unity, to be one church in this city. This church can be spread out over this valley. I'm seeing it. It's exciting. So I want to ask you some more questions, but first I'll ask you all, don't you hope when you hit 88 years old you have this much passion and spirit for Jesus and for justice? And part of what you find when you listen to Dr. Perkins is he is so eager. I think it's part of the spirit of this man that he'll hardly stay in his chair. You notice that he's just (laughs) reaching out to people. And I hope in your spirit you'll reach back. Part of what we felt at that earlier service this morning was it was like a whole congregation of people just saying, God, would you speak to me? How do you want to use me? And, And when we all get to that place where we're leaning into God and to one another, Things begin to happen, and that's part of what we're feeling. So a, a lot of folks here will know about you, uh, but some don't know of your story, and, and, and we need to. We need to hear this man's story to understand our time, to understand this moment in our country and where we have been. So would you be open to telling us some about what it was like when you were born and some of the pain, some of the suffering and injustice that you have seen? I, th- I think you have to, as you grow old, you do look back and mm-hmm. reflect upon what was the motivation, what what meaning were you seeking? Yeah. Because I think God created us for meaning, to find meaning, find Him, to know Him. He is meaning. He is the cause of existence. He's big. And I look back. I I, I think it was my Deficit of love. My mother died when I was seven months old. Poor sharecropper. She died of a disease they call it a polygar. That's the way they would say when people died of nutrition deficiency. Mm. I, I, I was probably sucking the milk that she needed for her own body. Mm. She died. I lived. You know, sometimes I think about it. She's going to ask me someday. 
she goes, you did pretty good. And I mean, you, you got honorary degree and all that. But she's going to say, what did you do for people like me? Wow. Wow. I want her to ask me that. I think this, I think I want, I think that's meaning. She died in Alea. I think that sort of motivates me. Then uh, uh, my oldest son, so that, the, the lack of love, the longing for love. If I would get to the end of this, I would say, it's those people who loved me when I didn't even want them to love me. I think it's those people who did see me and embrace me and showed me spots of love. And when I got my own family, uh, went to California after my brother was killed, I, I didn't go to church. I'd go to a, a meeting, uh, go, maybe go to a funeral or something, but because you would hear, see signs in the church in Mississippi, religion today, revival today, everybody walk up. Well, I'd have went down up on a ride. Three, eight little black girls went to uh, school, boys went to school during those days, and, and, and it was a whole ride. The state shut down. See, he's Christian. These Christians, all of those great killings of the Tulsa clan, it was always a pastor leading it. Hmm. Hmm. So what was I going to church for? Black folks go there and turn over the benches, but and, and with the emotion, the longing, the hunger, and all of that. And 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 and, and that get the emotion out. I think it works good. Mm -hmm. It took some of the anxiety out for a little while. But it didn't do anything with hope and faith and creativity and longing, fulfillment of longing and hope. And so I'm in California. My job was I worked a whole day for 15 cents in Mississippi. That's when I became an economist. <laughs> I found out how this social economic system worked. Uh -huh. The person who had to use the wagon, the head, and the field, and the capital, they controlled the situation. Yeah. And if you were a church officer, you didn't have that. You didn't have the means of production. Mm -hmm. Justice is a stewardship issue mm -hmm. of God's creation. How do we use it to maintain and enhance life? I have come that you might have life, says Jesus, and it might have more abundantly. Justice is a socioeconomic all-inclusive issue. It's about the quality and the pain of life, and it's about the joy of life. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Don't leave the poor out. Invite them into this church. Make a homeless shelter like we did last mm -hmm. night out of this church in Menlo Park. So my son went to, was invited to a little Good News Club where they tell Bible stories to the kids in the community. And they particularly reach out to those homes of people who don't go to church. Yeah. And my son went there, and then they got him into a Sunday school. That's their idea. Get him out, win him him outside, mm -hmm. and then get him to Sunday school. And then he got in Sunday school. He invited me to go to Sunday school. Uh, 
you know, he had been coming home singing a little song, like, uh, good news, good news, Christ died for me. I knew Christ had died, I heard Jesus had died on the cross, but he died on the cross for those good people, not for me, not for John Perkins. We were bootleggers and gamblers. I saw pictures in the, on, in the paper of the devil with a pitchfork in his hand at a lake of fire, keeping people like us in it. You, you, you know, mm -hmm. and it was almost like us going to a white church. They wouldn't have let us in. They'd have kept us out. <laughs> I, I grew up in that kind of environment. Yeah. And, uh, and he came home and he uh, sang another little song. This is when I heard the gospel. Jesus loved the little children. All the children of the world, red, brown, and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in this. I heard the gospel. I, I, I didn't hear this black church, white church, Chinese church. I heard the reconciler, mm -hmm. th that we might be one, mm -hmm. that the world would know we as Christians. That's what Jesus talked about. That was, uh, he kissed the world into existence. He molded up that clay, and it was mouth to mouth and nose to nose, and he breathed into our nostrils the breath of he loves us. He kissed us into life. And we are fighting each other, hating each other. And I said, if, if there's a God in heaven that loved me enough, I'm looking at my little son. Wow. To give his only begotten son mm. for my Savior. Wow. I want to know that God. That's all you got to do. All you got to do is see. All you got to do is seek. All you got to do is seek for this all-knowing God. This God, the creator of the heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. The burden of God is that we might know him and make him known. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord, if we can know his love. Hey, and every once in a while, if you get excited and you just want to answer back or say something out loud, it's okay to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, will not uh, bother Dr. Perkins. Yeah. Is that so? Why? So, so another question then. <laughs> You're in California. You meet Jesus, uh, but you don't stay in California. Well, I went. You moved I, back to Mississippi. Why did you do that? I, I went. I got involved with some Christian businessmen, mm -hmm. and uh, and they wanted me. They were discipling me. And they would go to the prison on the Sunday morning early out in those hills in San Gabriel Valley where those young prisoners were at. Mm -hmm. And they was going out there. And I found out later why they invited me to go. And I, I was like the only black in this group, mm -hmm. these businessmen. But they embraced me. I think why I like them now. I thought I liked businessmen. <laughs> Uh, well, we got a few here, so I, that's I, good. No, I, I want to be one of them, you know. And, uh, and, and then they, 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 they run me to Jesus and mm. sent me back to the poverty that I was in. But I saw, the, I saw the, these kids in prison, and I told them basically what we were telling here. I told them a little of my upbringing, how I dropped out of school, how my mother died, and how I come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and how I loved him. And in the back of the building, it was about 100 young 
people back there. And, and back, even back there, 75% of them were black. Mm. And I had never been to a prison before, and I thought these were some old white men, black men in prison. And here was all these little children back there in this prison. And I spoke and told my testimony. And boy, they began to weep so much that I went, got in the end of it. And I thought, I didn't know what to weep about. And I got up and went back there when I got finished. And they were saying, your story is just like my story. Wow. It was the first time I could, could see that this love of God, this story of Jesus' redemption, you could tell that and other people could hear that. Wow. And it could flow from me to them and that they would uh, come to know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Man, am I beginning to long. They were just like me. They were speaking broken English. They were speaking Ebonic. You, you know, I don't learn how to interpret Ebonic now to white people. That's why I'm speaking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't speak English. You don't, you don't learn English in the third grade. You learn English in the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. So, uh, that's, a, I, <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> but but uh, I have to do the same thing. You have to tell him every once in a while. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. And they laugh. They laugh. So you tell yeah, them. They yeah, just yeah. sit there and look yeah. at you. And uh, you yeah. And and, and Bob, I, I decided I want to go back to California, and I felt called to go back there. Look, my life. 1960. Wow. And back uh, to Mississippi. Back to Mississippi. And this is uh, 58 years later. Uh, it's amazing. Those are. Uh, Businessmen to help to send me back there. I've been my friend all ever since. So, I, what I do now, I spend my time bearing them. That's what I was doing yesterday, bearing one of them yeah. Yeah. down in Southern California. Yeah. We became friends. We became friends. The wraparound of the Christian faith is to become friends of God. That's the big question in the Bible. The biggest question in the Bible. The biggest question in the Bible is what did Abraham, our father, did find? He found a big creative God. He found a way to that God through faith and grace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He found that this God could forgive sin. And he found that he was a friend. Friend of God. He was a friend of God. Yeah. What a friend we have in Jesus. Mm -hmm. All our sins and griefs he bears. Friendship is what it ought to be. So friendship for you is a really deep is a discipleship. Yeah. It's a discipleship. Can two walk together unless they agree? Yeah. Discipleship. Discipleship. Three represents the uh, two represents the incarnation. Two or three. Because mm. he's always there. Mm. He's always there. That's what it means to know God. You discover that he was already there. That in him we live and move. And have I been? So the gospel should not just remove injustice, it should create friendship. Friendship. It should be friend. Yeah. We should sin started by hate. The, yeah. the devil was hated from the beginning. That's what the devil was. And, and this is the first time I've ever seen at the highest level of government is deceit and lies. Yeah. All, they don't get forgiveness. We don't understand the forgiveness of sin. We don't understand what it means to be justified. What we do is sin, and then we walk it back. 
and sin and lie again yeah. and walk it back. Yeah. Well, the only way you can get rid of it is confess it. Mm-hmm. And all sin, I like these sociologists and psychologists. I like them. I like them. So I'm not talking against Get a school in that. They don't understand the forgiveness of sin. Yeah. They don't understand sin is against God. When you sin, you're sinning against God. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you affect other people. You hurt other people. Mm. You wound other people. You damage. But when you know you've done it and they know it has happened, it's on them. Mm. And they got to confess it to God. Mm. Otherwise, that anger stays there. Yeah. And it boils. And the old is I done found out what is the unpardonable sin. I know y'all want to know. I, I done found out. What is the sin unto death? I know what it is. It's the sin you don't confess. It's the sin you lack so much. It's the sin they hurt me so much, I'm not going to let them hurt me again. We got to cough it up. But, but that's what grace is about. That's what grace is about. To not to confess your sin is to take God's grace in vain. God has made provision for our sin. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us for our sin and to cleanse us from all of us. What do it mean to be just here? To be justified. To be just as if you've never sinned. And then if you do that and keep doing that, you get to heaven. He got David there. He got David. David had no, should not go to heaven. His sin was too big. <laughs> too big. Yeah. But nobody did. He t- you alone, God, have our sin. You alone, God. You have searched me. You know my heart. You have tried me, and you know my thoughts. And you found this wicked ways in me. Lord, forgive me. He got him in. He got him in because he kept listening to God's voice. He led him in. And it would come time to die. Grace and mercy took him in to the presence of God forever and forever. And we don't know the forgiveness of sin. I'm hurt. The psychologist would say, do you confess it to the person? Yeah. Uh, did you confess it to God? Yeah. But I still feel uneasy. Well, I know what you've got to do. You've got to forgive yourself. You can't forgive yourself of sin. Hmm. Only God can forgive sin. Only God can forgive sin. That sounds good. It might be an emotional fix. In life, oh, Lord, we got to come to Jesus. We got to be singing, I need thee. I need thee. We need to walk together. We need to walk together as friends. Oh, what an invitation, folks. No, I, we're doing that. We're forgetting to do that. I'm excited about the church. I'm excited. I'm excited that y'all are planting one church into these neighborhoods. That's the best way to reach people. Go to the people, live among them, love them, get them into a local church. Go out. Don't wait for them to come. Let's go get them. I'm happy. 
I'm not here condemning you. I'm happy about what I see. I'm coming to Menlo Park. We can have some people. There's some resources in this valley. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you guys are utilizing. I was glad we had a shelter here last night. Mm -hmm. I, I was glad we turned this church into a, I said, well, look at this. <laughs> Menlo First Presbyterian Church <laughs> is a homeless shelter. There you go. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm not trying to find nothing wrong with you. I'm not trying to condemn you. That ain't why I came here. I came here to join with you, and let's do it together. We got to do it together, red and yellow, black and white. We all got to do it together. That's the name of this game. That's the name of this game. Yes. So, by the way, I had a feeling that chair was not going to hold him. And uh, it did last night, and it did at 8.30, but not at 10 o'clock. So, so uh, uh, I think a lot of people, they look at the world, they know it's a mess, but we find excuses not to get involved. I'm too busy, I'm too tired, uh, whatever it is. You're 88 years old, and your passion and your energy and your commitment to reach a lot of people, but then to help one person at a time is an inspiration to people who watch you. What keeps you going? I think it's seven things, but you want to know top idea. Mm -hmm. I think I caught God listening when I confessed my sin to him. I caught God listening when he says, uh, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I think I heard his word and I believed it. And faith, when we say believing on God, that's an action. Faith without action is dead. So, I took responsibility for my sin, and I confessed them to God. Mm. The task is to know and make him known. I think I want to tell others about him. Mm. And I think the thing that gets us there is what destroys us, we become, become self-addicted. Uh, and that's too much of yourself. Mm -hmm. Too much of yourself. Just addicted that's what to addiction ourselves. Is. Yeah. Prosperity Christian don't help us any. Yeah. You know, we get God to give us more. God get us to use what we got in our hand. Mm. All the good gifts come down from above. What do we do with them? And so I, I think it's, it's passion. I think it's seeing pain in others. And enter into some of that pain. I, I think the Great Commission that comes out of the story of the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan, seeing other people in pain, don't care about what they look like. This is a Samaritan, 
a good Samaritan was an oxymoron to a Jew. Wasn't no such thing as that. But when he saw another Jew in the ditch that hated him, and when the other Jews' leaders couldn't reach down and get him, he reached down and got him, took care of him, carried him to his home. He wanted to see this guy well in life, and he told us to go do likewise. That's passion. And the Bible said he had compassion on us. When he got to him and saw his pain, he had compassion on him. When blind Barnabas is calling, they said, be quiet, blind Barnabas, he's too busy. Jesus heard him, and he gave him sight. The woman touched him in the crowd, and he said, she, was a, she, she wanted to touch him. She thought he could make her well. He said, who touched me? And Peter said, are you crazy? All these people around me, he said, but something special happened. I felt compassion for her. I kept from friends for her, and she was well. Lord, folks, we need compassion. And that's what I see here. I see this. I see we're trying to gather it. We got to touch you. What has happened to us, we have lost tolerance. And we are not scared of each other. And we want to, we don't know each other. We see you fall off, and we're afraid of it. Tolerance is that time between and space between you get to that person and see that they're a human being. You, you can see that we all bleed the same, that we're one blood. Mm-hmm. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. Now, see, we are now living in the now. We don't have much time, yeah. not much space, and we don't pollute it the environment with this poison hate. We hate it. I said the other night in Oakland, I said, I'm getting a deep passion for the Democrats. I'm getting a deep passion for the Republicans. I'm getting a deep passion for the right wing and the left wing. They don't like each other. They don't like each other. Somebody needs to like them people. (laughs) Lovers of God. He that loves is born of God. He that loves not knows not God because God is, is, is love. Haters of the devil. He was a liar from the beginning. What are you talking about? We got a solution. We got a good little passion. We got to get a little tolerant. Lord, we had a spot. We're just spotting this church. That's that's where my passion comes from. I I think my passion comes from that film y'all seen up there. Last night, I could have wept. They asked me to come in and talk to people, and I, and, 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 and I, and I, t- I wanted to talk to them, and they got still white. And they was all, listen to me. And then they all coming up wanting to take pictures with me. I didn't even know them. I didn't know they know me, and I don't think they did. 
I might have been so dressed up. That's what it was. So, Lord, we are at a beautiful place. So you have been commissioned to be agents of the passion and the compassion of Jesus and to release that through the Bay Area by this man. Can you take a moment to thank him for giving us that spirit and those words? We are so grateful. Let's get up there. Now, we're actually going to take communion together. I want to ask the servers to come and to begin to serve it right now while I'm talking. And I want to say a word about it. Often when we think about communion, uh, we think of how Jesus is reconciling us to God, and that's true. But at the communion table also, uh, human beings are reconciled to each other. And when communion first took place, that first meal, it was Jesus and it was 12 Jewish men around the table. And then pretty soon, it was male and female. And it was Jew and Gentile. And it was slave and free and rich and poor. And every, all the diversity experiencing oneness. And so I'd like, as we take communion today, I'm going to ask Dr. Perkins to bless it. And I'd like for you to reflect with God and confess if there's anything you need to confess in this area of racism, justice. God, I've been apathetic or so. Just take a, a piece of bread, if you know Jesus, and the cup, and hold on to it for a moment. Just keep passing it. And ask him, God, is there anything you're saying to me? God, is there anything that to me needs to be cleansed up in me? Is there anything that needs to be changed in me? Have I been apathetic? Have I been hard-hearted? Have I excluded? Have I seen someone from a distance and just stiff-hearted them? God, is there anything you want to do to my heart? Do you have a job for me to do? And for us as a church to be broken and surrendered before God on this issue of racism and God's intent for us all, because we were created from one blood and we have been saved by the one blood of Jesus and we are part of the one body of Christ. Dr. Perkins, would you bless this sacred moment oh, right now? Yeah. Oh, Lord, we thank you for bringing us together, that we are together, we are here together. We're going to taste of this bread, this wine together. Lord, we thank you for that. That's symbolic of how we should live as often as we can do this. Hmm. And so, Lord, bless it. And, Lord, then forgive us. Hmm. Yes, yes. Let this blood symbolically wash our sins away. Wash our sins away so we can be used of you. Hmm. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.